Dunkin' Cold Coffee can be brewed at home in your Keurig coffee maker with Dunkin' Cold K-Cup pods. Just brew it hot over ice and enjoy flavor that's crafted to serve cold. The home with Dunkin' is where you want to be. Good morning. Time's up. The chorus growing louder from the White House down for New York Governor Andrew Cuomo to leave office after that bombshell investigation alleges he sexually harassed 11 women. I think he should resign. He has to go. The governor should resign. The state's attorney general saying Cuomo broke laws, retaliated against at least one accuser, and led a toxic and hostile workplace. I believe women, and I believe these 11 women. But the governor, defiant. That is just not who I am. And that's not who I have ever been. Just ahead, our interview with one of Cuomo's first accusers. He clearly cannot accept responsibility for any of his behavior. And what happens next? Could he face criminal charges? And if he doesn't go, will lawmakers move to impeach? Race for the ages. McLaughlin and Muhammad. U.S. goes one-two. American Sydney McLaughlin and Delilah Muhammad winning gold and silver while crushing the world record in the 400-meter hurdles. And overnight, Team USA baseball and the U.S. women's basketball team keep their gold medal hopes alive. We're live with the very latest from Tokyo. One-on-one, Simone Biles opening up to Hoda about her unexpected journey in Tokyo, overcoming pressure, and the medal she fought for the most. I just wanted to go out there and do it for myself, and I did. This morning, their emotional conversation and what she says about returning to the next Olympics. Those stories, plus young guns. Lydia Jacoby, the 17-year-old from Alaska, is putting on the surge of her career. The very young competitors dominating these Olympics. Sky Brown into third place. We'll introduce you to the Teen Titans of Tokyo today, Wednesday, August 4th, 2021. Olympic champion and world record holder, breathtaking performance. A routine that will resonate for years to come. You are Olympic champion at 19 years old. You go, girl. From NBC News, this is a special edition of Today at the Olympic Games with Savannah Guthrie and Hoda Kotb, live from Rockefeller Plaza. Hi, everybody. Good morning to you today. Welcome and thank you for joining us on a Wednesday morning. We've got Craig holding it down in Tokyo here in New York. We've got Olympic Plaza pumped up for another big day of action. And Craig Hoda is somewhere in between us right now. She's flying. She's in the air with some special guests. We'll tell you about that in just a few. Yeah, she is flying back right now. Also ahead this morning, SG, we're, we're actually going to bring you Hoda's conversation with Simone Biles on the heels of that bronze medal win on the balance beam, the gymnastics star opening up about mental health, opening up about her decision to compete after withdrawing from those other events. And Simone also talked to Hoda about whether there could be another Olympics in her future. We'll have that conversation coming up in just a few minutes. All right, we're going to start here in New York with that bombshell in politics. New calls for Governor Andrew Cuomo of New York to step down, and they're coming from some prominent fellow Democrats, including President Biden himself, after that investigation by New York's Attorney General alleging the governor sexually harassed multiple women. We have two reports. We'll start with NBC's Gabe Gutierrez, who is at the state capitol in Albany for us. Gabe, good morning. 
Savannah, good morning. State lawmakers here, even Democrats, are actively discussing impeachment, and the governors of neighboring states, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, and Connecticut, are among those calling on him to resign. But the governor remains defiant and is strongly denying the allegations against him. Governor Cuomo, once in the national spotlight at the beginning of the pandemic, even writing a book on leadership, is now facing the threat of impeachment and mounting calls to resign. I think he should resign. A sweeping investigation by the New York Attorney General's office alleges that the governor sexually harassed 11 women, a pattern of behavior that included nine current and former state employees and a state trooper assigned to a security detail. This investigation has revealed conduct that corrodes the very fabric and character of our state government. The report details multiple accusations of unwanted touching and inappropriate comments and at least one occasion where Cuomo and his senior staff tried to retaliate against an accuser. Well, what was the culture? Words that witnesses have used repeatedly to describe it include toxic, hostile, abusive. The report describes several encounters with a woman dubbed executive assistant number one, including one at the governor's mansion last November. The governor hugged executive assistant number one and reached under her blouse to grab her breast. Other encounters included kisses on the cheeks, forehead, and at least one kiss on the lips. The report also alleges the governor sexually harassed trooper number one on multiple occasions, running his fingers across her stomach and down her back. Governor Cuomo forcefully denying the allegations in a pre-recorded statement. That is just not who I am. Politics and bias are interwoven throughout every aspect of this situation. The governor showing photos of himself regularly embracing people. I try to put people at ease. I try to make them smile. I try to connect with them. This civil investigation does not involve criminal charges, but the Albany County DA is now looking into the case. Here in Albany, the assembly speaker says the governor has lost the confidence of the Democratic majority. Still, it could take a month for the assembly to finish its inquiry and to draw up articles of impeachment. Savannah. All right, Gabe Gutierrez at the State House for us. And joining us now is NBC's senior national correspondent, Kate Snow, who has been talking to some of the governor's accusers. Kate, good morning. Good morning, Savannah. The harassment allegations from these 11 women range from offensive comments to inappropriate touching and creating a toxic and hostile work environment. Some are telling their stories for the first time. Many say they're speaking out after years of feeling powerless to do so. This morning, Cuomo accuser Charlotte Bennett says calling for the governor's resignation is no longer enough. We should impeach the governor because he clearly cannot accept responsibility for any of his behavior. Bennett was 23 when she joined the governor's office, then handpicked by Cuomo to be his assistant. She shared with him that she was a sexual assault survivor, but says an initially positive relationship became inappropriate. He started asking questions about, you know, my sex life and if I was monogamous and if I could have a sex, a healthy sexual relationship. What did you think his intent was? He said he was lonely. He said he was looking for a girlfriend. He was propositioning me for sex. In a recorded statement Tuesday, Cuomo continued to dispute the allegations and said Bennett's complaint bothers him most. I thought I could help her work through a difficult time. I have heard Charlotte and her lawyer simply put, 
they heard things that I just didn't say. He is victim blaming and he's also making a really insulting and uh, painfully inaccurate insinuation that someone who is traumatized from a past experience cannot discern the difference between mentorship and sexual harassment. Attorney Marianne Wong says it was another Cuomo statement in March that prompted her clients to speak out. I never touched anyone inappropriately. I think that was a real turning turning point for, for my clients. They really felt that he just looked at the camera and, and made a bold-faced lie. She represents Alyssa McGrath, who still works for Cuomo and called his behavior inappropriate and creepy, and Virginia Limiatis, who accused Cuomo of running two fingers across her chest. She did not know how to react, and all she immediately felt was deep, deep shame, um, which is unfortunately what so many women feel. This morning, though, the women say they feel empowered. It's sad that we have to be in this situation, but I'm also just so proud of the 11 of us. Marianne Wong, the attorney, says she's talking with her clients about whether they could file any civil suits against Cuomo, and they're watching, of course, to see if any criminal charges arise, too. Savannah? All right, Kate, thank you. Nine minutes after the hour, we're going to take a turn now, send it to Craig in Tokyo and get the latest on the Olympics and lots to talk about. Oh, lots indeed, Savannah. It is day 12 here at the Games of the 32nd Olympiad, and Team USA is shining in track and field, led overnight by a thrilling 1-2 finish in the women's 400-meter hurdles. And, of course, we saw Simone Biles make that dramatic return to the Olympic stage to win a, a bronze on the balance beam. We're going to get to Hoda's conversation with Simone in just a moment. But first, Tom Yamas over at Olympic Stadium. Tom, good morning. Hey, Craig, good morning to you. Some of the fastest people in the world are competing right behind us now. And we've seen some incredible races here in Tokyo, including races involving U.S. athletes who are both teammates and rivals. And this morning, we're learning more about Simone Biles and what it took for her to get back on that balance beam, including training at a secret gym in the Tokyo suburbs where she worked on her comeback. She feels confident and she feels safe. Simone Biles says she hopped on that balance beam to prove to the world and to herself she's a fighter. Nailing her landing. And like everyone watching, smiling. Was there ever a down? Yes, and that's the point. Biles' teammates ecstatic. Suni Lee jumping for joy. Jordan Childs in tears. That Olympic spirit also on full display on the track. To the line! Two American stars pushing each other across the finish line. 21-year-old Sydney McLaughlin taking down reigning Olympic champ Dalila Muhammad in the women's 400 hurdles. McLaughlin setting a new world record and sharing a hug with her teammate. Just really grateful to be able to represent my country in this opportunity. In the women's 800, 19-year-old Athing Mo dominating, the first American woman to win gold in that event since 1968. Go out there, leave it all out there, and just try and get gold, because that was the goal. American Gabby Thomas winning bronze in the 200-meter. Jamaica's Elaine Thompson-Hurrah taking gold, sprinting into the history books, becoming the first woman to win a double-double across two consecutive Olympics with gold in the 100 meters as well. On the diamond, there is a shot to center field. Team USA Baseball defeating the Dominican Republic, keeping their gold medal hopes alive. 
Afterwards, two-time MLB All-Star Todd Frazier caught up with Craig. You want to make a prediction? We're talking gold. We're talking silver. We're talking gold. Oh, well, cool. We got to get the gold. Ahead to Brianna Stewart again. Another finish. And in women's basketball, the undefeated U.S. squad blowing out Australia, punching their tickets to the semifinals. The women's team is so strong here in Tokyo. We want to go back to track and field for a moment because I want to show you this really great video. This was American sprinter Devin Allen. He had just won his 110-meter hurdle semifinal heat. He finishes on top in first place, and the way he celebrates, with a break dance. Watch this. You see it here? It's got a little popping and locking. And uh, if he wins the gold medal, maybe he'll do some uh, windmills. That's what we hope for. We do want to get a check of the, of the medal board before I send it back to you, Craig. Right now, this is where the medal count stands here in Tokyo. The U.S. still on top with the most medals so far in the Olympics, but China still in first place when it comes to gold medals. We hope the U.S. will catch up. We think they can. We know they can. And, Craig, if they do, you and I will have to do some break dancing. How does that sound? I'll leave it to you. I'll leave it to you and Mr. Allen there. Tom Yamas from Olympic <laughs> Stadium. Uh, Tom, thank you, my friend. Savannah? Well, breakdancing is an event at the next Olympics, so you guys have three years to get your routine True. down. All right, let's go to Hoda now and her one-on-one -on -one with Simone Biles. Obviously, Simone's time at the Tokyo Olympics was a roller coaster ride, and it really shined a light on the mental health challenges that face elite athletes. Simone still managed to get two more medals, and before she left Tokyo, she and Hoda sat down to talk about all of it. Simone Biles, I don't know how to articulate how proud I am of you, but I'm overflowing with pride. How do you feel? It's, it's so crazy. I'm happy I was able to get back out there and do one more routine. It just felt really amazing. What are you feeling in this moment? Like, forget what you're thinking. Yeah. Like, take your brain out of it. I'm proud of myself for the way I pushed through and even learned that dismount that I haven't done in years and just put up a good set. That's all I really wanted. I wasn't expecting to walk away with a medal or anything. I just wanted to go out there, do it for myself, and I did. Did you think about not doing it? In the beginning, whenever I kept over-rotating the dismounts, I was like, yes. But then I was like, I think I can do it, and I feel good. Like, I know I have a good beam set, um, and I felt fairly confident. Can you explain what the pressure feels like on you? It feels heavy. It's like the weight of the world on your shoulders, and I'm very small, so I feel like at times it's very overwhelming. But whenever you get so overwhelmed and have triggers, it's just like, I have to focus on my mental well-being, and that's what I did. You sure did. That was brave. Thank you. It was hard working five years for a dream and just having to give it up. It was not easy at all. Wow. And that was not what was planned. Did the vault, you paused, you waited. Tell me about that decision, because that had to be made in that tiny moment. Yeah. It was quick, but I also had to make that decision for the team because they worked so hard and I couldn't lose a medal for those girls. Um, so I decided to pull myself out. So if anything, I think um, by having me not in the competition, they won the medal. I also don't think people realize doing that vault since I still landed on my feet, I don't think they realized I didn't do the correct vault I was supposed yeah. to. When I had no idea where I was in the air. You could literally see it in my eyes in the pictures. Like I was petrified. What were you afraid of? I had no idea what I was about to land on. My head, my face, my legs, my arm. I had no idea where I was. And that could have been a career-ending yes. moment for you. And so I was really afraid I was going to hurt myself. When you said that you were afraid of letting people down, mm -hmm. that's a lot to carry, too, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, for one person, especially just like my family back home, they sacrifice so much. You work five years for something, and you have a whole team surrounding you, and you do it all together. And it's just like I get here and it didn't work 
how I wanted it to. But it ended. The we way. ended on a high, so very grateful and thankful for that. But I still feel like we go back home and there's still a lot of things I need to work on internally and mentally to just kind of feel like I had success here. You know what I thought, even after the vault, when you decided you didn't want to compete? I thought if this is the last time I see Simone compete, it's a good day. Yeah. Because you did something super brave. Mm -hmm. And I, th I thought that was brave of me, too, because if you would have asked me a couple years ago, I would have kept pushing through, but I'm at the age now where I kind of control my mental and my well-being, and I knew that it was the best decision for the team um, and myself. What was the lowest valley for you while you were here? What was the moment where you... Your, your lowest point? Um, probably realizing or recognizing that I would only be remembered for my medals and everything until one morning I woke up and I was like, I'm more than my medals in gymnastics. I'm a human being and I've done some courageous things outside of this sport as well and I'm not a quitter and it took all of that realizing to see that because I don't think if this situation didn't happen, I would have never seen it that way. You know what struck me when I interviewed you before the Olympics? You talked about there were a lot of reasons you wanted to compete again. Right. And one of them was because you didn't want people to forget what happened with Larry Nasser. Yes. You're still here. You yeah. said, I'm still here. <laughs> Did that weigh on you at all? A little bit, but I knew that still being the face of kind of like gymnastics and the USA and everything we've brought, it's not going to be buried under the rug and it will still be a very big conversation. So we still have to protect those athletes and figure out why it happened, who knew what when and just... Do you think that affected you at all this time around? Now that I think of it, like maybe in the back of my head, probably yes, because there are certain triggers that you don't even know. Yeah. And I think it could have. Yet there you were in the stands, man. Yeah. Because I thought, I wonder if Simone's going to kind of take her sweats and go hang out in the corner. Right. No, you did not. No. Had to cheer on my girls. They worked too hard, and I was going to be there to support them no matter what. You must have been super proud of them. I was, dude, I was <laughs> beaming with joy. I have never been so proud of these girls. They, they've been so strong coming off a year that everybody had to be quarantined and then getting back in the gym. Those are some strong and courageous girls. <laughs> Was there ever a doubt? Yes, and that's the point. Was that beam routine the last time we're going to see you compete at the Olympic Games? I think I have to relish and take this Olympics in and kind of recognize what I've done with my career because after 2016, I didn't get to do that. So you're keeping the door open. Yeah, keeping the door open. Look at you keeping <laughs> the door open. Here they are to accept silver medals. I knew you were strong before these Olympic Games, but I did not have any <laughs> idea how strong you were. Thank you. You made us proud. You made your country proud. We're Thank proud you. of you, honey. Thank you. Thank you, Simone. Craig, don't you love that? She's like, so you're saying there's a chance that you come back in she three years. <laughs> she, she left the door She did. I love to hear her say, though, I'm, I'm more than my medals. That, that's my takeaway. Darn I'm straight. more than my medals. Yeah, whatever it takes to make that realization, you are a whole human being, absolutely. Um, and we're happy because Hoda's on her way back, but so is Simone and the whole team, and they're going to be right here on our plaza live tomorrow morning. Brew the coffee. The jet lag is a thing. <laughs> Ask Al Roker. He knows, but they're all going to be here. Isn't that fun? You That's guys. That's going to be great. This crowd is great. Come I'm on back tomorrow. Come back tomorrow. It's going to be great. You want to see the entire
gymnastics team. Absolutely. And yeah. the weather's going to be great here for it. Okay. Not so great as you head down to the south where we've got some flood watches of Texas all the way into Florida, up into the northeast. On the radar, you can already see heavy showers, thunderstorms from the Gulf right across Florida into the mid-Atlantic and up into the northeast. And what we're going to be watching today is this system making its way up the coast, bringing showers and thunderstorms from Florida all the way to Massachusetts, localized flooding, especially along the Carolinas. It makes its way up the coast. Heavy rain into New England as we move into tomorrow. The heaviest rain stays offshore. Five inches of rain or more on the western coast of Florida. Heavier rain along the outer banks of the Carolinas and more strong storms through New England. That's your latest weather. We got the olive memo. I Very know. nice. We're matching. Ooh. Feeling jealous, Craig? <laughs> I am. I, I am feeling jealous on so many levels. Mr. Roper, <laughs> thank you. Uh, just ahead, what were you doing at 12 or 13 years old? We're going to introduce you to the very young athletes winning medals and making big names for themselves here in Tokyo SG. Plus the blistering fast stars of Team USA who took gold and silver in an epic women's 400 meter hurdles that saw the world record shattered. Sydney McLaughlin and Dalila Muhammad are with us live. Good morning, ladies. But first, this is Today on NBC. In life, we're often driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to find candidates isn't to search. It's to match with Indeed. Indeed's a matching and hiring platform used by over 300 million global monthly users, according to Indeed data. Need quality candidates fast? Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging. And you'll connect with candidates in no time. And it's not just faster. 93% of employers agree that Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And here's the best part. Listeners of this show get a $75 sponsored job credit, giving your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com today. Just go to Indeed.com today right now and support this show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com today. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Join Hoda Kotb for a brand new season of her podcast, Making Space. For season five, I am making space to talk to people who are providing a sense of hope and inspiration when life changes course. Uplifting conversations with inspiring individuals like NFL legend Drew Brees, singer-songwriter Ziggy Marley, and today's show co-anchor Savannah Guthrie as you have never heard her before. I found faith more viscerally, not because the bad thing didn't happen, but because it did. I promise you, like me, will leave these conversations with some wisdom for your own journey, empowered and inspired to make space in your own life. New episodes of Making Space with Hoda Kotb are released every Wednesday. Listen now wherever you get your podcasts. And the pom-poms, so many pom-poms. Uh, by the way, uh, Savannah, Al, we're going to do something that we did yesterday for the first time. We're going to have a live track and field final during our broadcast. It's coming up in just a few minutes. We're going to show you the men's 800 meters 
as it happens wow. here in Tokyo during our show. Very that was cool. really fun. We put it on the big board behind right. us. The crowd got to watch. It was really exciting. They were into it. Uh, let's get the headlines here at 7.30. And New York City will soon require proof of COVID-19 vaccinations for anybody who wants to dine indoors at a restaurant here. If they want to see a performance or go to the gym, got to show that vaccine proof. It's the most aggressive step the city has taken yet to curb a surge in COVID cases. That policy will go into effect on August 16th, but enforcement won't begin until mid-September. About 66% of adults in New York City are fully vaccinated. Meanwhile, the CDC has issued a new moratorium on evictions that could help keep millions of Americans in their homes as the number of COVID cases continues to surge. That new moratorium would temporarily halt evictions in counties with, quote, substantial and high levels of virus transmissions. President Biden was under mounting pressure from progressive Democrats to extend the order after it expired on Saturday. The new moratorium is in effect until October 3rd. If you play the lottery, you're going to like this one. Powerball is adding a third weekly drawing, giving players another chance to win. The new drawing will be held on Monday nights. That's in addition to the Wednesday and Saturday night drawings Powerball is held for years. The first Monday night drawing will be held on August 23rd. Lottery officials anticipate adding a third drawing will result in larger and faster growing jackpots. Meanwhile, if you haven't noticed, there's a real youth movement that's happening here at the Tokyo Olympics. Athletes in their teens, a few of them actually still years away from being old enough to drive, walking away with medals. NBC's Stephanie Gosk is here with their stories. Lots of young people making us look and feel old and lazy. Oh, yeah, totally. <laughs> right? They almost can't even watch. You know, we often talk about how long Olympians can keep the dream alive, how old can they be, and still compete for medals and world records. But at this Olympics, it's the other end of the age spectrum that is wowing us all with a group of superstar teenagers grabbing the glory. The event is skateboarding women's park. But many of these athletes we'll are just kids. The youth tour continues here at Women's Park Final. And they are really, really good. The gold medal went to Japan's Sakura Yosozumi. At 19, she's the seasoned veteran of the sport. Winning silver, her teammate Kokona Haraki. She's 12. Sky Brown into third place. The UK's Sky Brown took the bronze. At 13 years old, she already has more than a million followers on Instagram and sponsorship deals with Nike, GoPro, and Samsung. There, she sticks the kickflip in the... For Brown, all roads have been leading to this Olympic stage. Skateboarding, you can't go from little trick to a big trick. You gotta take very little steps and believe in yourself. Born in Japan and raised by a British father and Japanese mother, the pint-sized prodigy found her footing in the sport when she was just a toddler. I was using my dad's board. Brown, who's also a pro surfer, began competing professionally by the age of seven and has been tearing up the asphalt ever since. But last year, her career was put on hold after a horrific 15-foot fall from the top of a halfpipe, leaving her with a fractured skull and multiple broken bones. This was my worst fall. It didn't take long, though, for Brown to bounce back. Brown, just one of the bright young stars here in Tokyo. Momiji claims the gold. 13-year-old skateboarder Momiji Nishia of Japan grabbed air and grabbed gold in the women's street skateboarding final last week. 
She is going to win the Olympic all-around gold medal. In gymnastics, 18-year-old Suni Lee stepped up to represent Team USA and clinched gold in the individual all-around competition. Lydia Jacoby, the 17-year-old from Alaska, is putting on the surge of her career. In the pool, American teen Lydia Jacoby delivered a surprise victory, winning gold with the swim of her life in the 100-meter breaststroke. Woo! Look at that, 2002. And in track and field, Team USA's Ariane Knighton is already drawing comparisons to Usain Bolt. All these Olympians across all events with the same message, don't let their age fool you. So the average age on the podium for skateboarding women's park was a little over 14 and a half years old, which made me wonder the age of the oldest skateboarder here in Tokyo. Rune Glifberg from Denmark is 46. His nickname is the Danish Destroyer. Unfortunately, Craig, the only thing being destroyed out there likely yeah. is going to be him by skaters yeah. that are probably young enough to be his kids. Man, what were you doing at 12 or 13? I'm watching TV yeah, after right. school. Yeah. Same here. Same here. Savannah? I love yeah, it. I love Steph. there's no age limit in skateboarding, right, Steph? Wow. You could be like 10. Yeah, yeah. you could Tony Hawk. Yeah. It's crazy. All right. Or 46. Yeah. Or 46, <laughs> yeah. exactly. Yeah. So there's hope for all of us. Uh, uh, maybe not all of us. No, for breakdancing. <laughs> oh. We're going to all breakdance in, in Paris at 24. <laughs> Guys, coming up next, an unforgettable battle in the women's 400 meter hurdles. Sydney McLaughlin and Delilah Muhammad going stride for stride on their way to gold and silver. I could watch that race all day long, and we just might, but let's catch up with them live from Tokyo right after this. Join me, Esther Perel, every Monday in my office on Where Should We Begin? I'm talking to couples and individuals about love and work, about turning conflict into connection. More than ever, our relationships define the quality of our lives. So let's explore the myriad of relational challenges together. See you Monday. One, two, baby. Uh, we are back with that epic and unforgettable finish in the women's 400 meter hurdles, gold, and a new world record for American Sydney McLaughlin, silver with a time that also broke the old record for teammate Delilah Muhammad. And we are so delighted to have both of them with us this morning here in Tokyo, Sydney. Delilah, good morning to both of you. The proud, proud of New York, proud of New Jersey. How are we feeling? Good. I'm feeling good. Yeah. I'm feeling good. A little tired? <laughs> a little bit. I would imagine so. <laughs> Sydney, not only are you the youngest person uh, to ever medal in the, in the 400 meter, I mean, the fastest time in Olympic history. I mean, as you were out there, as you were running, was there a point where you realized, oh, wait a minute, I've never done it this fast before? <laughs> you know, I know that every single time the two of us step on the track, it's going to be something fast. So you're always prepared for it. And uh, it's just one of those special moments that you really can't plan for. Delilah, there, there has been a fair amount made of this, uh, this new American rivalry between the two of you, this idea that iron sharpens iron. Is it a, a legitimate rivalry? I mean, do, do both of you make each other better when you're out there? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Someone put into perspective to me that the four times that we competed, we got four 
world record. So it's definitely iron sharpening iron. And with you, I don't think a lot of folks realize that I mean, you had to overcome a lot to get here. You had that hamstring injury. Uh, you, you had COVID earlier this year. How, how did that impact your training? You know, it definitely impacted my training a lot. You know, I definitely had a lot of setbacks. And during that time, I just had to really push through. Um, you know, in hindsight, you know, I think it made me work even harder than I would have just having to overcome those injuries. So, you know, it definitely, you know, in the moment it was difficult. But, you know, looking back, um, I think it's what I needed to kind of really step up today. Pushed you, but forced you. It did. Sydney, I read that you have a, a, a sort of unique strategy with regards to the number of strides that you take between hurdles. Can you explain that? Yeah, it's, it's kind of new. Um, normally, women take about 15 strides in between hurdles. Um, I've just realized that trying to keep up with her and go you know, full speed, uh, my stride wants to open up and, and take one step away. So I, I am alternating in between the hurdles, which is uh, New. So explain that to, to ignorant people like me. So if the, no, if the normal's 15 strides, you're doing... I'm now doing 14. You're doing 14? Yeah. And, and that makes a, a difference? It makes me switch legs, yeah. Ah. And no one else is doing this? Um, I, I think... I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm not sure, but I just know that that's definitely a new part of my race that I'm learning to manage. Delilah, what's next for you now? What, what's, I mean, I, I guess we're waiting to find out whether we're doing the relay, but after that. You know, um, I'm going to run a couple more races this year and kind of just see where the year goes. And I'm definitely looking forward to um, the 2022 World Championships and being on our home soil. Sydney, I saw on social media that in addition to, to being a, a masterful hurdler, you have another skill. Mm -hmm. You're a juggler. I, I am. I saw that. <laughs> yeah. This is the Today Show where we oh encourage God. folks to showcase oh no. all of their skills. So we brought you some tangerines, okay. not to put you on the spot, but I mean, you did just win a gold medal. So I'm like, oh, oh, it's oh, easy for it's, oh, they're wet too. Oh, <laughs> how did one get into juggling? Uh, my fifth grade teacher taught us all how to juggle, and I think it really helps relieve stress. So if this track and field thing doesn't work out, you could join the circus. I will definitely join the circus. All right, Sydney, Camilla, <laughs> uh, thank you both. And by the way, stay with us for even more drama on the track, because in our next hour, we are going to bring you the men's 800-meter final. We're going to do it live. And don't forget, you can catch every minute of these Tokyo Olympics on the NBC Sports app. All you have to do is take out that smartphone right now and scan the QR code uh, that is on your screen. There it is, right below me. There's the QR code. SG, can you juggle? Um, no, I cannot. And they're amazing. We, Al and I were just sitting here marveling. Pretty impressive. I mean, what? What's? I, I can't get. I, this is incredible. Their, their skills have no limits. It's I, unbelievable. We feel so inadequate. We do. <laughs> Don't even try thing. it. Are you juggling? What are you doing? Well, he's not juggling. Well, so that's two. not called juggling. No. That's called tossing exactly. a couple of candy. Yeah, I, I know. Unbelievable. I know. All right. Thanks, guys. Hey, let's take a look. Right now, uh, we, this is the Oroville Reservoir. Oroville Reservoir in California. Second largest reservoir in California. Right now, it's at 643 feet. That is a new record. Last time it was
was this low, 645 feet in 1977. This thing really uh, provides water for millions, few more feet down, and it's going to stop being able to produce electricity as well. And they've also got heat problems right now in California. 18 million people out west from Washington State all the way into Arizona under heat watches, heat advisories. Uh, above average temperatures in the e in the west, below average here in the east with temperatures in the 70s, low to mid 80s, anywhere from 5 to 10 degrees uh, below average. But when you head out west, completely different. Look at these temperatures, triple digits for Palm Springs into Friday, Tucson, Phoenix, even Reno. And those temperatures are anywhere from 10 to 15 degrees above average. And back to Tokyo, they had an earthquake overnight, magnitude 5.8. It was 5.33 in the morning Wednesday. Let's check in with Craig. Craig, did you did you feel the earthquake? Buddy, I know. And, that, you know, you I, I can sleep through a hurricane, so I'm probably not the best person to ask, but it, everyone's been talking about it this morning. Lots of folks were awakened by it. Not me, though. I didn't I didn't feel it. I didn't hear it. I slept through it. You know, it's funny. I talked to my daughter, Leela, who's working there for NBC Sports, and she said they were on the monorail at the time. Nobody felt oh, it no. there. But, yeah, but it was really quite quite the topic, as you said, there in, in Tokyo. Thanks so much, buddy. We'll check in with you. Keep practicing that juggling, you know? <laughs> <laughs> that is pathetic. All right. It's not juggling. That's just sap. And that is your lady. Look, I'm juggling. <laughs> yeah, that's Craig juggling. <laughs> Except for I can't that's, even do it. It's one. called Craigling. No, exactly. Except for I can't even do that. Uh, still to come, we're going to have an inside look at a sport with deep roots in Japan and an American pop culture making its Olympic debut today. Of course, karate wow. is what we're talking about. But first, these messages. Coming up, Taylor Swift's message for Simone Biles that led to an inspiring chat between the stars. Plus, we brought you her race live yesterday and this morning. Gabby Thomas is joining us to celebrate her medal win. But first, this is Today on NBC.